0: Delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town.
1: Welcome to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and double dogs. Episode 61 part one features Jerry Hale. A prolific scorer out of New Albany, Indiana, Jerry Hale grew up in a hotbed of college basketball between Kentucky, Louisville and Indiana. Jerry talks about his recruitment to Kentucky and how he turned down his home state of Indiana to play for the Wildcats. Jerry became a Kentucky Wildcat starting with the 1971-72 freshman team. Known as the Super Kittens, Jerry Hale joined the likes of Mike Flynn, Jimmy Dan Connor, Steve Lockmuller, Kevin Greavy, and Bob Guyette. Hale's freshman and sophomore years were transitional years from Coach Rupp to Coach Joe B. Hall. You'll hear about that transitional period and the difference between Coach Rupp and Coach Hall when it came to conducting practice. Joe Hall demanded physical excellence as head coach and he would tell players to get a wall. You'll find out what that means and what did the UK fan base do when Tennessee came to Memorial Coliseum. Even better, you will hear what led up to Kentucky ruining Indiana's perfect season in the 1975 NCAA tournament. Jerry Hale and the Super Kittens crashed the Final Four that year, taking on UCLA in the National Championship game. And we'll hear how that unfolded for the Cats, including the controversial maneuver by the Wizard of Westwood. With the uncertainty of Coach Joe B. Hall's career, it was an interesting time to be a Kentucky Wildcat, especially if you were born a Hoosier, but became a Wildcat. This is Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs, and it's the story of a super kitten, Jerry Hale.
0: Jerry, you are another of the long line of Hoosiers who is made kentucky basketball what it is today how do you grow up in indiana being a kentucky fan
2: well oscar it was easy for me i mean i grew up in new albany indiana right across from louisville Uh, my dad was from litchfield kentucky but uh grew up in louisville and worked in louisville uh before he was married to my mom and uh uh, so he listened to Kentucky basketball all his life, and and uh, so we would listen to uh, you know Claude Sullivan and and Kay Wood uh, all the all the ball games on the radio. So, kind of grew up and and being in Southern Indiana. I mean, we you know WHAS on in Louisville. You know they carried all UK's game. I didn't hear much about IU or any of the other schools even growing up there.
0: What what was it like growing up, uh, brothers sisters?
2: Uh, had one brother an older brother joe Hale, and and uh he's four years older than i am and uh didn't play basketball wasn't involved in athletics that much was kind of more in, involved in the arts he was a it was a swimmer and diver in high school uh went to hanover college and uh uh went to school there and and i worked at hanover's basketball camp but uh but he's uh done real well and uh matter of fact he's coming in next week to uh, have having dinner with me and our family, but uh, he lives down in uh, Naples and, and Nantucket. So he's got a couple of homes and and uh, doing very well.
0: What kind of a high school career did you have? And were you more than just a basketball player? Were you a multi-sport Multi, athlete?
2: Multi-sport starting out. And uh, um, matter of fact, I mean, uh, played baseball, ran cross country, ran track, uh, was going to play football. But uh, were, with me growing up in Southern Indiana, uh, kind of starting in, in grade school to kind of really go back f- far, uh, went to Lafayette uh, Grade School and, and I started playing on the varsity in the second grade, and they gave me a jersey. It was number ninety two, and I always kind of thought about Erdels ninety two <laughs> They're Mobile, but uh, but it was a guy named Sherman Hazlett's jersey. It had to be the same colors of our, our grade school, and but he happened to be six six. So here I'm in the second grade. So they pin up the, the jersey so I can wear it and it, it just <laughs> engulfed me. But anyway, but I played for all, you know, uh, for four years on, on the, on the so-called varsity six, fifth and sixth grade team, and then went to Scribner, which is in new Albany. And we had a real good, um, seventh and eighth grade team. Fuzzy Zeller went to Scribner and played on the, uh, it was a ninth grade team. And, um, um uh, but we had we had a real good team, so I played with all these guys. But then they built Floyd Central High School out in in uh, um, in the Floyd knobs area of, uh, of Floyd County. But here I was played with these guys all my life in downtown, and I had to go to the new school because the rule in Indiana was if you, if you were uh, going to be a junior or senior, you can continue to go to New Albany High School. But if you were going starting out in the new uh, as a freshman or sophomore, you had to go to the new school. So my dad um, petitioned the Indiana High School Athletic Association to see if I could go to New Albany. And I was kind of getting recruited by Joe Hinton, the high school coach at Floyd Central, and then Jim Morris at New Albany was kind of recruiting me and, you know, went in the eighth grade to try to get me to go to their school. But, I mean, it was out of our hands. But my dad was even thinking about renting an apartment down in New Albany so I can go to New Albany. But they they ruled against us, so I had to go to Floyd Central. It turned out to be a blessing, but uh, – uh, but we started out, like I said, I mean, I started out doing a, a lot of multiple sports at the end. And, but I was going to play football if I went to New Albany. But I remember seeing their quarterback getting a, an unplayed quarterback and linebacker. But the quarterback passed the ball or, or handed off, went around, somebody hit him. They tore up his knee. And that's when I quit playing football at that <laughs> time. Uh, but I would played in junior high school. and, and
0: uh, What was what was high school basketball like in Indiana?
2: it was great i mean it, it was you know when you when you see hoosiers epic uh, classic movie that that's what we were that that was kind of our storyline uh, through my high school career we played some of the teams that are in the movie when you see olytic in the hoosier movie we played olytic now they beat us 60 points my freshman year but and you're talking about little old gyms that you know didn't have heat in some of them. You dressed in a, in a classroom. I mean, it was pretty uh, remote in some areas. But uh, but your your whole community was involved in the, in the basketball, and that's what
0: makes it special. Were there larger gyms by, as you went through, or did they come later? They
2: they came a little bit later. But I mean, New Albany seated about three thirty five hundred. Ours seated about twenty five hundred. Being a new gym. Uh, I mean, when Floyd Central was built, it was kind of a state of an art uh, school I mean it had carpet throughout we had a planetarium, we had an indoor swimming pool i mean it was it was It was a nice facility and it still is uh, to this day but uh, like Newcastle with ten thousand seats uh, when we went to this um, played in the regionals in in um, seymour there there 's just eight thousand seats and i 'll kind of get into that a little bit later but uh Jasper was uh, or Hunting Hunting Huntington, Indiana was about four or five thousand. So there's some good size uh, you know, gymnasiums.
0: You were following Kentucky basketball. Did you follow IU or Louisville, either one, or Purdue or Louisville Notre a little Dame? bit
2: just because of being across the river. Um, IU, I really didn't. Um, I remember the Van Arsdales and so forth. But Butch Beard and, and Henry Bacon and Wes Unsel, I, my dad and I would go over there so we could watch basketball. We'd go see maybe three or four games a year of Louisville and uh, being in the Missouri Valley at that time. You know they they play Southern Illinois, Bradley, Tulsa, and uh, but uh, you know saw some saw some good good teams.
0: Throughout the sixties, Kentucky always played either one or two games at Freedom Hall. Did you catch any of them?
2: Uh, we went to the every every year went to the Notre Dame game and would go over to the practice as well.
0: The day before.
2: The day before, and there'd be ten thousand people there for the practice.
0: Uh, at what point in high school did you seriously? Become interested in playing at the college level.
2: Well, my, in in junior high school, I mean, I, I was probably five eight. And I uh, didn't grow a whole lot more after that. But uh, when I went my freshman year, I mean, I, I was expecting to try to get a scholarship someplace, and um, and that that's why I had a little bit of. Uh, hesitation about going to Floyd Central cuz it was a brand new school didn't know who I was going to play with never played with any of the of the my teammates and uh you know and I knew what the situation was at New Albany so uh when you when you go back and look at that that's when I um kind of you know felt well you know guess I don't know what how this is going to turn out And my freshman year we were 5 and 16 uh we lost in the sectional and um when when we lost in the sectional, in, in Indiana, you couldn't play anymore after that. You didn't go to camps. You didn't. You couldn't play any AU. There wasn't AAU basketball at the time. But you, some some gyms or some schools even took down their rims. And when you think about Indiana high school basketball and how uh, prolific it is, and for them to take down you know the rims where people couldn't play anymore and organized basketball was kind of strange to me at that time.
0: There was there as I said earlier a long line of hoozers that come to mm-hmm. Kentucky. Uh, when you were looking Kentucky, I mean, you came in at the end of the Adolf Rupp era. What other schools did you consider? Did you make official visits to other schools? Yeah, the,
2: the schools that I went to, U of L, it was maybe being right across the river. Uh, they have been recruiting me since about the eighth grade. Um, and then uh, I visited North Carolina. And the
0: coach at that time was Dromo. It was or? Dromo
2: and then Bill Olson. And okay. Bill Olson's who I had most of my uh relationship with, which I, I think it uh as Coach Parsons and, and Bill Olson probably the two of the nicest people I've ever been associated with in, in athletics and in basketball. And um <clears throat> as and then I went down to South Florida uh visit Tulane and kind of just because this coach had been on me for since my freshman year at Tulane and that was my first uh official visit anywhere and I remember going down there and they took me to Bourbon Street and a few places and I was just going I called my dad and I said dad I said I can't go down here they drink and you know <laughs> all this other stuff but uh you know now to, you know let me go down to Bourbon Street I'd probably have a good time but um and then uh, Indiana, uh, when uh, Coach Knight had taken the job my uh, senior year at, in, uh, at Indiana, and as did Denny Crum, Uh They both came in in April, March, April, late April, after the season was over with. And uh, one day I was in class, and, and uh, they came and got me out of class and said, Coach Knight's here to see you. And I said, well... All right, but I pretty much made up my mind I didn't want to go to IU. But anyway, he came in, and we talked for a while, and he said, you know, you owed it to your state and uh, university to in the state to, to – come to kentucky he said we know you mean your, in indiana or indiana excuse me he goes we know your girlfriend uh, who is my wife now pat she's over at hanover college because she was a year older than ios and he said we know she's over there he said we can uh have you, you know she can come over and transfer to iu and so forth and he would like for you really take a visit so um i agreed to go ahead and visit uh, IU, and uh, they brought my, I don't want to say if they did, but my w- girlfriend came over with me, and Davey Shepherd took us around, and, and Davey, we'd played against uh, him down at Mississippi before he transferred, you know, uh, from uh, um, IU at the time, but anyway, so we went around, and it was just so big, I mean, it, and it, it's great school, but it just, it just wasn't for me, and 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 Coach Knight and I have had a good relationship. I mean, even to this day, I mean, uh, when I would go up for the Big Four Classic or something, I would just go up there and pick up some tickets. And he came out of a press conference one day and, and uh, said, Jerry, how you doing? And I hadn't seen him, you know, in seven, eight years. And, uh, you know, so he's always been you know polite and, and good to me and my family.
0: So you're the one person that he's been nice to. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> uh, the recruiting from the Kentucky side, how did they recruit you?
2: It's more businesslike. Um, as, as Kentucky, you come, you know, some of the other places, North Carolina State, Tommy Burleson took me around down at uh, NC State, and, and we went to, it was like their spring football game, and we went to a B.B. King concert and, you know, just had, had a good, good time. At Kentucky, uh, your parents come down and we had uh, uh, dinner with dr singletary Uh, i remember chuck haywood charles haywood was the business school um uh, Dean, I think at the time had dinner with him because I was looking and majoring in business, and you know in Coach Hall. So it was it was very. We went out to Spindletop, had dinner. You know they had the pecan, uh, rolled up ice cream uh, ball with you know chocolate sauce on it <laughs> that they're famous for. But uh, it was strictly business. You, you, you talked about the school. You talked about you know, what you were going to do here from an educational standpoint than than really going out with, you know, the players.
0: Did, was there any thought at all at the time that if you came to Kentucky, you would be part of the last class that Adolph Rupp ever recruited?
2: Well, Coach Rupp talked about that. And and he, he didn't want to retire, as, as everyone knows. But, I mean, you know, the university was, it was mandated with the university at that time. But you know he he was you know saying it'd be you'd be your you know the last class that he would recruit. And I remember out in uh, San Diego in '75, you know he came in the locker room and was hoping. You know he says, "I wish I could have coached you guys and so forth." But uh, you know that's just the way it it was. Now, well,
0: what what do you remember most about your relationship with them, both in the recruiting process, and then your freshman year here, you played on the freshman team, but. Obviously, you had interaction with the entire team and all the coaches. Right. It, it
2: was a unique situation. I mean, with with Coach Rupp, uh, from, a, from a practice standpoint, he always praised the freshmen because, I mean, we weren't playing for him. But the relationship with with Coach Hall and, and Coach Rupp, I mean, when you, when I first came here, and it's like, you know, here's a God. You know, here's, here's one of the guys that's been with James Naismith. You know, as far as the invention of the game, and I mean, it's it's, uh, Kansas, so it's crazy that uh, you know, in Fall Gal, and 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 you just think, gosh, you know, you're here in. Then when you got to practice, it was just nobody said anything. You just practiced. I mean, the ball—all you heard were sneakers squeaking and the ball bouncing. You you didn't talk to each other, you you know you weren't supposed to. It just—it was all business, and and it was all about fundamentals and and making sure that you know the correct pass is made, and and you know the bounce pass. If you make a bounce pass, it's supposed to come up right into you know at your waist. If you make an air pass, it's supposed to come right to your chest. I mean, everything was you know down to the T as from a fundamental standpoint with coach coach up and coach hall, you know, instituted that same philosophy. But uh, uh as this freshman year we we had, you know, with seven of us coming in as freshmen, we kind of proposed had a better um um competition for the varsity than the second team not that the second team was not bad but it's just that there's more cohesiveness with us playing against you know the the uh, varsity so we came in and practiced every day with against the varsity so we didn't do anything wrong and coach Ruppsides. of course he, used,
0: he was using that to oh, oh yeah. get on the varsity yeah he, he was he, he's these are no dummy These he, young freshmen coming here and they're eating your lunch
2: and you well the first that? time we played them. And a scrimmage, they beat us 53 points. And I remember, like, Tom Parker, when they ran ten number 10 play, Parker came across the middle and just laid out, Guyette. I mean, it just, you know, you're, you're welcome, guys. And so, as, as the year went on, like I said, we'd practice two hours against the varsity. So, we would either be, you know, playing defense or offense or whatever. And then we'd go back and, and practice on our own with Coach Hall for two hours. So, I mean, it made us better, but it also made the varsity better. Well, later on during the year, we were scrimmaging and we ended up beating the varsity. And then coach Rupp says, "Put five more minutes on the on the clock." And as soon as they got ahead of us, he stopped practice. I've so he, heard he, that story before. He, he didn't want them to mentally, you know, get beat by us. So you know, and and us coming in, too, we were, you know, it was right after the Texas or the um, Kentucky Western game down in Georgia, mm-hmm. and they had done a, a little expose thing on tv about uh uh, uk on on channel 27 or 18 i forget at the time who it was but it was about you know all of us coming in and we're gonna be the saviors and all this stuff and i remember we had to lock ourselves in our dorm room because the varsity andrews and stamper were trying to beat the crap out of us they were banging on our doors (laughs) trying to get to us but uh
0: well now you know you were known you had a nickname back then and i'll mention a minute but I just wondered after all these years, I mean, is there anybody under 40 years old know what the super kittens was referred to? More than you think.
2: And, and it's it funny. It's. Because it's, uh, that's what y'all were known as. We were known as, as the super kittens. And, you know, there were some. Uh, Larry Frost did some drawing. I know it was on the uh, Cynthiana Democrat, and it had our know, pictures on there, and it's talking about super kittens. So. You know, and, and being twenty-two and oh our freshman year and ranked number one through basketball news that that kind of just helped elevate it. I mean, we, um, you know, we, we beat everybody. Uh, we averaged over a hundred points a game our freshman year. We would play before the varsity. They end up uh, and, having us. And
0: some of the guys that are fans at Memorial Coliseum. Would leave after the freshman game. After
2: the freshman game. And then when we would go to other schools. They started doing the same thing as far as putting our game. Because we played 22 games then. So we would travel with the varsity and play, you know, uh, normally you'd play the day before sometimes. But they, they'd they put it on like a banner belt. We would, we would have great crowds uh, every place we went. And um, – you know, most of the games were were not close. I think Florida we almost, we won by two points. Went down there, and and you know that about did it. And then the last game against Tennessee at Tennessee, we won. We didn't. We weren't in double digits. I know we won. I can't remember what the score was, but so. But there was a lot of pressure on us to succeed, and and a lot of people thought we were there to win the national championship as we did, as players.
0: Three of your seven players that year, freshman, were all hoosiers. Lop, was Lop was, was, there, was there any common, like today? Kids talk about coming as a package. No. no Did no. any of you know the other two?
2: No. Well, yeah. I, well, Mike Flynn and I played against each other all through from eighth grade on, so we we knew each other well. And he was at Jeffersonville, and I was at Floyd Central. And, went, and whenever he would outscore me, we uh, they would win. And if I would outscore him, and uh, we would win. In my f- senior year in high school, just to kind of regress a little bit from a kind of a historical part of it. Go, let me go back from my freshman year just in high school. We, we were 5 and 16. My sophomore year we were 10 and 11. And then my junior year we were 11 and 10. So here I am going to this new school and playing with guys, and, and nothing's really transpired. So I'm just wondering, you know, how much uh, exposure am I getting here. Uh, and, and it wasn't just about me, but we had we had a good nucleus team. But my senior year – we end up um, going to the state finals and uh but we had never won a sectional game being a new school in new albany who was the city school they kept calling us you know hicks and so forth and, and country bumpkins and so f- so before we played them in the first game of the that's who we drew in the first game of the sectional they were um they brought a, a pig up and put it in our yard at the at the school and started wearing uh, bib overalls and mocking Floyd Central. Well, we ended up beating them 84 to 80 and then turned around and started, all of our fans started wearing bib overalls. <laughs> Stan Denny, who worked for the Courier-Journal, uh, pinned a little uh, picture that said, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a super hick. So it was this guy with a straw hat on, a, a straw sticking out of his mouth and um, bib overalls on and fc on his shirt well they started making sweatshirts and t-shirts and our and then the next game we played jefferson which was mike flynn and so we ended up beating them 92 to 91 and i had 37 and i think mike had 34 we both had four fouls and he's up for mr basketball you know that year which he ended up winning but we both ran into each other at mid-court, and uh, they called him for blocking, so he was out of the game, and that was the end of his high school career. So, uh, when you when you talk about Mike, we we've been uh, you know been playing against each other all that time. So, but you know I knew after he had signed at Kentucky that you know what I was getting into because Jimmy Dan had signed as well. So he had two guards, six three and six four, in front of me. I remember Randy Waddell at Pleasure Ridge Park. Uh, if he was gone to kentucky i would have definitely probably gone to north carolina state because that was my second choice and and uh you know they end up winning it in 1974 with david thompson and tommy burleson and so forth and hey, that
0: was norm sloan there
2: norm sloan that's who recruited me down there mm-hmm. and uh and they asked me after i finally told them i wasn't coming they they asked me I said are, are you going to come and at first i said yes and then i changed my mind and um and my parents got back when they were in Florida, and we talked some more. And, and they said, well, if we don't, we want to go out and recruit somebody else in Indiana. And then when I, when I finally decided not to go, they ended up recruiting Monty Tao. And um, they just wanted somebody to throw the ball up high and be we're able Tom to shoot from outside. <laughs> That's right.
0: What do you remember most about the end of your freshman year?
2: Well, um, the one thing, I mean, the, the satisfaction we did accomplish of going undefeated. I mean, we, we felt – playing against the varsity every day like I say really made us uh, a lot better players and and helped us mature and I think having freshman teams is great I mean I know the one and done now it's 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 the rules and that's the way it is and and you have players that come in and, and the expectations for them to play right away is there but everybody's not can't do that I mean what Cal recruits is a little different story, but but still, there's a lot of players that don't. I think they get frustrated. And that's why you see a lot of the transfers after the one year because they want to go someplace and be an you know have an impact immediately, especially from a personal standpoint. But um, I think that you know having that freshman year really matured us and, and made us you know grow up fairly quick.
0: Well, there were three components to end of that year. One, the Super Kittens and your undefeated run. You had Rupts last game mm. and then you had the team itself and the fans concerned about what's going to happen now because there was a division among the fans some old liners that wanted to let Rupp stay and some of the coaches that were loyal then there were co- there were I mean some of the players mm. and then some of the players were caught between the past and the future of course they didn't know what the future going to hold but I'm just wondering did Immediately after they finally decided that Coach Rupp had to retire, uh, what was the feeling like among the players that were coming back the next year, the freshmen, sophomores, and juniors?
2: I think, I mean, it, it was excitement. I mean, because there, there was a change. I mean, there was a sadness about Coach Rupp, you know, not being there. I mean, I think, you know, with Jim Andrews and Larry Stamper, uh, Bob McCown, Stan Key, they, they, those group. I mean, some of those guys, I mean, Stan was there, but Bob McCown was back. You know, they were um, kind of sad to see Coach Rupp go. I mean, because they didn't know how, you know, especially Jim didn't know how he was going to be used with Coach Hall. Uh, Coach Hall did We were in the same offense that, that Coach Rupp did. It's just that we ran it out of a 1-3-1 one, one set instead of a two-guard set. Everything seemed, was the same.
0: seems like when you have a change like that, there's always – some of the players is ready for a change maybe they've not been played as much as they think they should have been and then there's other players who are in sync with getting the time these other players are not getting and they're concerned about well you know am i going to get as good a treatment with the next coach as a previous and we've interviewed two or three of those guys like that and they were they were very honest and respectful of the time that maybe i benefited or you know maybe maybe i didn't benefit and how much did that affect the mindset because joe went in with a pretty big cross on his back that if he didn't win immediately particularly with the super kids uh, people still not realistic that just because you're sophomores doesn't mean you're seniors
2: well that's right In a and Again, you know, when you talk about it, you had Ronnie Lyons coming back. You had uh, Jim Andrews and Larry Stamper as first as starters off that team. Uh, um, that I think what they lost to Marquette in the in the the regionals up in Dayton. Because I remember going up to that game, but um, but again, it, it, but after that happened, you know, we said, okay, it's our time now. But again, you know, Ronnie was kind of skeptical. He didn't know how he was going to be used. Ronnie almost ended up leaving. Uh, I remember a bunch of us had to go out. And we were sitting on his car. They had a little car there. And we were all sitting on his car and wouldn't let him drive back to Maysville because he was going to quit. And because uh, he didn't know how he would be used. Coach Hall, even though we ran the same offense, Coach Hall's going to put his stamp on it. And with us practicing the two hours with the varsity, the two hours on Coach Hall, and sometimes we practiced longer, and Coach Hall had some tough practice. Coach Rupp was pretty much going practice for two hours and we're done and coach hall would put five more minutes ten more minutes and we'd go and go until we get it right
0: was it coach hall or coach Rupp that instilled the penalty of getting walls coach hall <laughs> give us a little description of that well our freshman year uh, the first
2: uh first player to get a wall for us was kevin greevey and uh, so Coach Hall, he, did, he, he didn't block out. I mean, if you if made a mistake one way, bad pass, block out, get beat on defense, something, you'd go get a wall. Well, Kevin goes up and gets a wall, but he goes up and touches the first little concourse at, at uh Now at explain what getting a wall was. Well, getting the wall, the technical side of it was go all the way to the very top. That's of, running up, steps. Running the steps, up the steps to the very top and touching the wall and coming back down. Well, Kevin ran up and just touched the first concourse wall and came back down. He's standing right next to Coach Hall and he goes, "Where where you been?" He goes, "I got a wall." He goes, "I mean the top one." So, he had to go, you know, go do another one. But sometimes we had to run and get five walls, and it wasn't a thing you wanted to do.
0: You, you start off that year, and I remember as some of the old line fans were, they were going to make it tough. Yeah, and then right out of the gate, uh, Kentucky loses. Three of the first four games, or one in three.
2: Well, let's start it this way. We won our first game under Coach Hall. <laughs> we went to Michigan State. Andrews had just had some surgery over the summer. To, his toes were curled up underneath, of the, and he had them where they they broke all of his toes and straightened them out. But it was real painful for him to play with them the way they were. Well, you know, Jim had just great talent as, as a great shooter, a good rebounder, and just could jump out of the gym but uh and i remember happy harrison and i can't think of some of the other guys that played for michigan state but we went up there and we ended up beating them and they were they had a pretty decent team so we were pretty cocky at that point we, you know, we came back and then we come back we get beat by iowa indiana and um can't think north right. carolina north carolina yeah not bad teams but uh, uh, but then we were one and three and and, and all the pressure started coming down on Coach Hall at that time. When you talk about people having, you know, crosses on his back, I mean, they, they were they were questioning, you know, what kind of coach was he. He got all this talent, and you're, you're not winning.
0: And, and, and it pretty much was a season up until February the 5th. I mean, uh, you'd get, you had one four-game winning streak, and then other than that, you never had more than a two-game winning streak. Yeah. But at the end of the year, you ended up on a – Ten game winning streak. Yeah. We we, can, we can. Uh, he had a nine game winning streak to end the regular season, and then you beat Austin P. in uh, Nashville, and then you lost to Indiana, and even in the Austin P game, you lost one hundred six to one hundred in overtime.
2: Fly but Williams.
0: I started to say that even ended up being uh, a connection to the future Kentucky basketball. Hamilton. That's Leonard right. Hamilton recruited him there. That's right. And I remember when Joe finally hired Leonard, which was in the summer of 74, Right. that he had bumped into Lake Kelly, mm-hmm. old Kentucky boy, and said, Lake, I need to replace a coach. Because uh, I think it was uh, Lynn Nance that left at that time. Lynn,
2: Lynn Nance, yeah. No,
0: well, no, Lynn
2: was still there. He okay. was there. Um,
0: what was the other guy that was there at the uh, time?
2: Let's see, well, we had Coach Parsons, Lynn Nance, and Leonard, and Coach Hall. Where there's a coaching staff at that time. Yeah, but who, uh, who did T.L. plane Was he? He was yeah, here.
0: Yeah, it's T.L. It's T.L. It might have been. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but anyway, he asked. Uh, he asked, uh, "Late, you know, you know anybody?" And he said, "I got just a guy," mm-hmm. and he had just quit at Austin P. spent his wheel, couldn't get a better job, and it was going to be a sales rep. For the Reynolds Metals Company in Tennessee. And he says, you ought to talk to Leonard Hamilton. And he said, now, if you hire him, he'll get the job done. And he said, well, how do you know he can recruit at Kentucky? And he said, well, you know, Fly Williams, he signed him, and he'd never been to the state of Tennessee. That's
2: right. (laughs) And going back and regress a little bit back on that game, we always stayed at the Holiday Inn right outside the Memorial Coliseum in Nashville. And, Ronnie Lyons, who was my roommate for two years, we were we went over and we dressed in our rooms and then went over to the game, and uh, and like say we won in overtime, one hundred six to one hundred, and you know they had that old chant, you know, open the fly, let's go pee. It was the you know the Austin Pease chant, open the fly, Williams. But we came back to our hotel room, we'd gotten robbed. And they found out it was an inside job, but they, they stole like my pants or whatever, like 34 inch <laughs> inseam, Ronnie's sport coat, which was, Ronnie was 5'9". So, I mean, you know, they just, they, but they took jewelry. They took all kinds of stuff, some money and stuff. But anyway, th- that was kind of just funny. We come back and we had a lot of stuff gone, but, uh, but when Leonard was, was uh, hired by Coach Hall, I mean, that, that was a great move. Leonard was not much, our, our senior year, when we were 21 years old, Leonard was what, 23 or 24. I mean, he was close to our age at that time. He wasn't very old.
0: At, at the end of that year, winning those last nine games, mm-hmm. given the fact that next year you suffered through of one of only two non-winning seasons, Kentucky. Rupp had won at 13-13, and you all were 13. Had you not beaten Tennessee the last game of the season which gave you the SEC ticket to the NCAA. Mm-hmm. You won the league title by beating Tennessee at the Coliseum. Right. Had they not won that game and not made the tournament, do you think Joe would have been able to survive after the following year that they were 13 after, and the, after
2: the following possibly not. I mean, that would have been a quick pull, but, you know, the, what Kentucky basketball was at that time, and the success that they've had, that would have been difficult. And, and back then, I mean, you know, you had to win the conference to go to the tournament. There wasn't any, you know, at-large bids. There was only 32 teams, and it was the conference winners. And it came down to that game at the at the Coliseum, and uh, you know.
0: And speaking of the millennials again, some people like to boast, unlike Indiana. In 12, mm-hmm. uh, we don't rush the floor. We don't storm the court. I had a different memory of that Tennessee game that night when you won.
2: Well, it was crazy. And, and the one thing about it, when we uh, went over to the game, like we, we were lived in Holmes Hall there on the corner of Limestone and, and Champ, Avenue Champions, when we would walk over to the Coliseum, they would be wrapped around the Coliseum, I mean, three and four deep. And I remember Mrs. Singletary, you know, passing out sandwiches and stuff and things to them, and, and people were patting you on the back and so forth. So it, it was just, you know, it was rabid, I mean, uh, fans. But it, and afterwards, like you say, they were able to, you know, to storm the floor and, you know, we win and, and going to the NCAA, which, you know, is uh, – it's always the goal of Kentucky and not only to go, but to win it.
0: I think that probably was one of the days that the school cafeterias had sort of gotten into the spirit throughout the sixties that when Tennessee come to town, they'd take all over wrapping oranges.
2: They would serve oranges every time. And and going back to my freshman year, um, I remember we played Tennessee the night before and they served oranges in the cafeteria. And, um, I remember we were the freshmen were all sitting underneath the basket, it was, a, it was an afternoon, like a noon game and TV game. And as soon as the Tennessee came out on their unicycle, and spinning the, the ball, now it might have been Steve Flynn because they recruited Mike Flynn's brother, Steve, to go to Tennessee to hoping to get Mike. But uh, I think he stayed on there one more year, but he was one of the guys that had to ride the unicycle, I think. But anyway, as this guy's right, I
0: explained to some of our listeners. They hear you say unicycle. They may not know what you're talking well,
2: about. Well, Tennessee was... This is Ray Mears. This is Ray Mears, and, and they had their... I mean, we had our blue and white striped pants, which my son still wears today. You know, I'll, I'll tell that story down the road, but... Uh, um, Tennessee had their orange and white striped pants on, and they come out uh, in their initial warm-up, a guy riding a unicycle, spinning a basketball on his finger, and they, he goes around the, the gym, and then he goes in and shoots a layup, and then they start their warm-up. Well, as soon as they come out, and this guy goes, all of a sudden, here comes oranges from everywhere on the floor. I mean, it's just bombarding them. <laughs> And it it happened. I mean, poor old George Ukle. and I, I can't remember the guy that used to s- sweep the floor, but they had the. Oh, I know that guy. They had, yeah, it was George. And but he had they had to wipe. They had to wash the whole floor because all the oranges it was sticky everywhere. I mean, it took <laughs> it delayed the game, which back then, you know, NBA the,
0: would post the game post on the game for a week. Tonight, oh would,
2: yeah, I mean it would just be. But anyway, it was just it was just funnier, to have, and everybody knew it was going to happen, and. Um, but anyway, but that that, that was my freshman year. Ray Mears
0: year. once told me that he really and truly believed that UK had it set up <laughs> to where when they come here, you had to enter the arena or enter the Coliseum, if you were the visiting team, from the front of it. And you had to walk all okay. the way up in front of the student section and turn right and come back underneath for the visiting dressing room. And he said they would try to beat the students. He knew they would let the students in at three thirty, so he'd try to get here by three. And see, he said when he get there by three, they were already in.
2: Yeah, so I, we didn't see that, but
0: uh, I, I, I have a
2: hard time believing Kentucky would do something like that. But you know, other schools, I mean, they they do everything to try to disrupt us. The
0: uh, the end of that season, you come back in seventy three seventy four. Mm-hmm. And everybody's really expecting big things then because the Super Kittens are now juniors. And everything's wrong, but they're missing a big man. They're missing Jim Andrews. We
2: lost Jim. Right. Uh, a
0: year later, suddenly people are saying, oh, oh, Jim was pretty good. you know. So you struggle and struggle and struggle. We, we struggled and,
2: and it snowballed. <laughs> and uh, as you mentioned, we went 13 and 13 and and we as we were uh going through that year i mean we we again we lost three games right there in the at the beginning of the year the same group of people uh indiana notre dame or well lost notre dame too i think kansas indiana Can- north carolina yeah i mean you think about those three schools but still that's what that, those are the games you look forward to playing i mean that that's what i missed about watching kentucky today yeah you get to kansas is coming in this coming year but uh, to play North Carolina, to play Indiana, to play Notre Dame, to play Kansas. I mean, you, you look forward to going to Allen Fieldhouse and playing, looking forward to them to come to, to the Memorial Coliseum at that time.
1: You,
0: you ended the season with losing four of your last five games. Yeah, they got a little ugly. Got a little bit ugly. Yeah. But then during the offseason, during the between your junior and senior year, Joe took you guys – on a fairly long exhibition tour,
2: right, little, little short little trip, yeah. L- nice little trip.
0: Uh, tell me about that and what impact that had on the team for the well, next.
2: Year. I think it, what we did, what we ended up going to Australia, but uh, via Tahiti. And um, Jimmy Dan, uh, I know Coach Hall talked to Jimmy Dan, and we were gonna go for a couple weeks. Jimmy Dan says, "Oh, let's go for a month." And uh, as we went on. Coach Hall ended up setting it up for a month. So we, we stopped off. We went to Hawaii first and then refueled and went on to Tahiti and stayed there for about three days. And, and you know, it was paradise. We were, we were having a great time. So we played the national Tahitian team, which even I tar- tired over those guys. But uh, we, we played one game there, and then uh, we went snorkeling, and we went, you know, had great food and just went around the island and, and just had a, had a big time. Um, probably too big of a time for some of us, but uh, one little story I guess I can tell. We uh, after we played, we when Coach Hall let us go out and have a good time, especially the the older guys that were of age, and uh, we went to some bar in downtown papiate Tahiti, and had a few cocktails. And uh, afterwards, we were getting ready to come back, and there was an ocean liner there. And Greavy Greavy goes gets a smart idea. Let's go on the ocean liner. So we sneak on there, and then we said we're gonna we're gonna leave. And Kevin met some people there some young ladies and was talking and and so we end up, Jimmy Dan and Greevy and Flynn and I left and and Mueller and, and well not Lock, Lock wasn't with us, so I'm sorry. But we came back and went back to our rooms. Well Greevy didn't do it. He ended up falling asleep on the boat. Well, the boat left for London the next day, so he luckily got off the boat and got back to the the hotel. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had him for the rest of the trip because he would have been in London on a on a slow boat. But uh, after that, we end up going to uh, Australia and we end up playing seventeen games in Australia. And uh, we started out in, in
0: um, lost your first one. Yeah, playing Australia the, the
2: the Australian national team. Yeah. And every every time we would run in uh, the Eddie Pagliubinkis, and Eddie Pagliubinkis played for LSU. He was from Australia. But uh, we'd we end up in Sydney. We'd end up seeing Eddie. We'd go to Melbourne. We'd see Eddie. You know, he, just, <laughs> he was just playing for everybody, all the club teams and the national teams as well. But uh, – but we had, we had a great trip. We were billeted out in people's homes, so we kind of uh, we weren't stuck in hotels. We were able to get, get out and, and see the countryside and so forth. And it, it was a real a great experience, except after two weeks, Flint, or Guy, or um, Jimmy Dan wanted to leave. He goes, this is too much. He want to go back home. And, and Coach, I remember saying something, he said, you're the one who wanted to stay a month. You know, we're going to stay the whole month. He said, nobody's <laughs> going home, so. Anyway, but it, but it helped us as a team. I think you know, kind of get together and bond. I think, I don't. That was the only game I think we did lose. We were like sixteen and one, or, or maybe might I think was, might 15 been, two, I think there might have been another one, but, um, but anyway, but it, it, it was good for us to kind of be together as 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 a team. And I mean, even though we knew each other well, especially the the freshmen that came in in seventy one, seventy two, as mm-hmm. we're still close, you know.
0: You you end up the 73-74 season, your trip in Australia, and you come back. It's now fish or cut bait, mm-hmm. super kittens or seniors. You only lose three players, three scholarship players off that 74 team, Ronnie Lyons, Rick Druitts, Ray Edelman.
2: Plus – Picked up some decent players after that, though.
0: You picked up four or five players coming in givens and lee from here in the city roby and phillips the twin tires
2: um danny hall danny from betsy, hall betsy lane
0: from betsy lane and you start out the season and pretty much the families say hey if you don't get it done you guys can take the coach with you yeah
2: I'm, just, I'm sure there there was a lot of that talk i mean especially after a 13 and 13 season and
0: then you start off the season uh, after an exhibition game, uh, you beat Northwestern ninety-seven to seventy. You beat Miami 80 to seventy-three in a game that you looked like you were looking forward to the next game. But you
2: know, one thing about Miami Ohio, if you look back to the history of Miami Ohio with Kentucky, Kentucky never did. I wouldn't say beat them convincingly. They they always struggled with Miami Ohio, I mean they they always played us.
0: Well, that was a good excuse for you at the time, at least. <laughs> I've <I'm> tried, <trying. laughs> but the next game you go to Indiana, you lose ninety eight to seventy four. It was close. You at one tell time. me you tell me what happened that night, and how you remember it from beginning to end.
2: Well, they kicked. Because
0: this is your last time to go to Indiana to. Too.
2: They they kicked her butt pretty good. I mean. Uh, Kent Benson, uh, you know, had a a big game against our our young freshmen, you know, big guys. Uh, I think they learned a lesson that game, uh, but they they pretty much just like I say, they just took it took it to us. And as you well know, there you know, there's a little incident that happened in that game that uh, Coach really? Coach Hall and Coach Knight kind of became unfriendly, and I happened to be involved in the play. Um, I was driving down to the end of the bas- uh, other end of the floor, and the game was out of hand big time. And Steve Alford, a guard from Indiana, we collided and uh, they called him for blocking. And Coach Knight just raised holy hell at, at midcourt. And Coach Hall went over to him and said something to Bobby about, you know, come on, you're up 20 something points, you know. And, and then when Coach Hall turned around, Knight uh, just—I mean, it wasn't a tap on the head; smacked him on the back of the head. And Lynn Nance, who uh, was on our staff that time, went after Knight, and they had to hold him back. And it just got to be a kind of a, a fiasco. And and, um, uh, and that at that point on, you know, Coach Hall lost his fishing buddy, I
0: think, you know, for, so to speak. The, the, the whole team saw it. Plus everybody in mm-hmm. the arena and tv yep. and it's been replayed a million times right. uh, what was the talk among the players in the locker room after the game plus what was talked about the next few days at the dorm about what happened that
2: night? well we, we couldn't believe it what had happened and you know i know coach hall didn't do anything react from uh, uh, going after night, but I mean, because I mean they were friends. I mean they had been fishing buddies for a long time, and um, for that to kind of happen, you kind of there was that respect uh, issue that you kind of wonder. Well, you know, because Coach Hall's always one of his big sayings, you know, bow your neck. He always wanted to bow your neck and get ready, and um, you know we were kind of wondering, well, did Coach bow his neck or what, or did he turn away, turn around and walk away, but. Um, yeah you know, we did, we didn 't talk about revenge or anything at that point, but you know we had to grow up as a team and uh you know when you when you get beat that bad by twenty four and 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 it 's a hard place to, to to play up there
0: you know I think that was on a Saturday night you had less than forty eight hours, and you 're getting ready to play a top ten north carolina, carolina team in
2: louisville in
0: louisville mm-hmm. uh, didn't give you a whole lot of time to get over Indiana. How important was that North Carolina game to sort of erase the twenty-four point loss and to show the world that you weren't as bad as you were on that particular series? Well,
2: very, very important. I mean, it. it I mean, you. Know, it can go either way. You can go into that tailspin again where you lose three or four in a row uh if we got beat by north carolina and, and we end up beating north carolina and jimmy dan end up having a, a exceptional game of 30 some odd point 34 points i believe uh we we took it to him i mean you know you're talking about you know, they had bobby jones and and uh, uh phil ford i think am trying to think some of the players i can't think of all of them but they they had a, a real good team and and um uh, for us, to, it gave us a lot of confidence, you know, after we we had beaten them. But again, I mean, it, it's one of those things, I mean, Kentucky fans always get behind you. And, you know, again, Louisville was sold out, as, as it always is when Kentucky plays up there. And, and uh, you know, that, that always helps, you know, even though it's not Memorial Coliseum, it's it was always a good place to play, a good place to shoot. And uh, other than a few games, we've always played well up there, so.
0: Do you remember what the shoot-around or the practice, the day between those two at Freedom Hall was like? It's 41 years ago, Oscar. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it was 21 years yeah. ago between yeah. two of the biggest games of your yeah. career.
2: But, uh, again, there's not, again, there's not a lot of talk, you know, amongst the players. I mean, actually on the floor. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we, we knew we, we were embarrassed and we had to – uh, uh, bring it uh, against Carolina and uh but you know you, you don't know how how that's going to play out and and but take what you know as hard as we played and we didn't back down from anything and and it's kind of like what coach Hill said we bowled our neck and, and really went after it and I mean everybody it's not what we didn't against Indiana in Bloomington but uh it's one of those things sometimes things snowball and, and you can't you can't stop it and but uh things just worked out against Carolina and like say Jimmy Dan had a heck of a game and
0: that that went against Carolina not only erased the Indiana bitterness but it started you on a streak where you won 16 of 17 games Mm -hmm. and in fact uh, after a loss at uh, Auburn in early January uh, your only other loss till February the 24th was a 103 98 loss at Tennessee Mm -hmm. mm-hmm don't think you ever won at Tennessee, did you?
2: Well, our freshman year, but that did not <laughs> really count from a varsity standpoint. You're right. Uh, hadn't won at Tennessee.
0: And, of course, um, who, who was Tennessee's star players at that time? Well, Ernie, Grun-
2: Ernie Grunfield and, and uh, Bernard King, the two <laughs> forwards. Rodney Woods was their little guard. And, uh, you know, they they would run – Ernie and Bernie down on the the wings, and Woods would bring it down, and uh, just have to you know distribute the ball to them, and uh, they 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 were they were a good ball club.
0: So by the end of the regular season, you guys were rolling pretty good.
2: We were rolling good, except for um, we we beat Alabama, and then when we in Tuscaloosa, and when we did, we were going to Florida, and I remember. As soon as we left, we played an afternoon game in Alabama. And as soon as we left, Coach Hall said we can stay here tonight, or we can go on and get, go to Florida earlier. So we we chartered uh, Southern Airways back then, so we had our plane. So we uh, we said let's let's go to uh, Florida. So we left, and the Holiday Inn hotel that we were staying at got hit by a tornado and demolished a lot of it. And we were all went down to Florida, so we're laying around the pool, Coach Hall's laughing, we're playing cards. Like some of them
0: got, sun t- got sunburn. Got a,
2: got a little sunburn, and I remember Kay Wood saying, "You know, if you, if this was on TV, you know, he said these guys are, are are not embarrassed. I mean, they're a little sunburned. You know, they're all red." So, and then we go down there, and we had just taken number one in the conference at that time, and then we go down there and get beat. So, it, that kind of readjusted our attitude a little bit. Uh, to, we got to stay focused all the time
0: you come back you get into the tournament you take on marquette and tuscaloosa and you mm-hmm. sort of exercises uh yeah. adolph Rupp's uh, demon yeah from, from Al McGuire.
2: Al Yeah, that's right we we end up uh beating a pretty good uh i think butch lee i don't know was it butch lee and bo ellis and that, that group and uh um I played quite a bit in that game for me and and uh so I, it was one of those things coach Hall, uh, they weren't getting the ball inside, and that's the only thing he wanted to do, so I just made sure I got the ball inside did what he said but uh
0: and then you guys provided Joe B with perhaps the two biggest wins of his career at certainly at least up to that point yeah. you play Indiana and in Dayton mm-hmm. and
2: at central Michigan
0: first central Michigan first. Uh which had a guy by the name of
2: Dan Ran- Roundfield.
0: Yes. Played a few years in the NBA. Yeah. Detroit. And, and and they were probably a Cinderella team, probably a team that nobody took for granted, but a very good MAC team. Good
2: good team. Very good, good team. team, yeah.
0: You beat them and you take on the Indiana. Mm-hmm. And Scott made broke his arm, took the cast off, has played his first game undefeated, going for a undefeated season and i i would i would have to say at least among the kentucky fans that were alive at that time it's still the biggest game in their memory
2: you hear that a lot but you know starting out with that game from going back to the day before <clears throat> you know cbs was doing the games on on tv and and uh, jerry lucas was the um commentator one of the color men for the broadcast and coach hall closed practice wouldn't let anybody in including lucas who was good friends with coach knight who played together at ohio state and um so that kind of rubbed lucas the wrong way but in that practice we had one of the most knockdown drag out practices we ever had and <clears throat> what coach hall asked us to do he says all right he says when steve green comes down and uh puts that little pick on underneath basket. He says, guy I want you to lay him out. And, and the reason for that was that, uh, you know, Indiana's uh, motion offense, they, they come in and they, they sit there and drop a shoulder in you. And then you, you, you kind of turn to the side and then, then you get another shoulder on the next pick. And before long, after two or three picks, you know, you, the guy's open. Well, coach Hall wanted to set the tone that when they came in and set that pick, they're the ones who to be moving out of the way instead of us moving out of the way. So, uh, we we got in fights during practice that that game, and then afterwards, um, you know, we the next day for the game we get ready, and Coach Hall just wrote on the on the blackboard. We get in there, and he he didn't say anything to us much, and wrote on the blackboard, you know, uh, 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 Nets Col- or Bus Coliseum, I think it was, and um, so. What it was, you know, he said we wanted to cut down the nets, get on the bus, and go. to We're going to celebrate in the Coliseum. First play of the game, guyet Green comes around there, Guyette lays him out, and uh, gets a foul. But you know, it set the tone a little bit, and um, you know, we end up winning ninety-two to ninety, up on him a little bit more than that toward uh, toward the end of the game. But uh, I remember uh, they they made a run at us uh, toward the end uh remember Wayne Radford I think and Jimmy Dan got in a little scuffle toward the end too that I mean it it was just one of the most knockdown drag out games you know Mike and Jimmy Dan Mike Flynn being from Indiana as well had a great game uh I remember you know after he won he he, after we cut down the nets he just took it took it and shook it at at the IU fans you know and that that was a cover on Sports Illustrated which was was kind of nice but uh but when we got back in the locker room, we, we were celebrating, and, you know, <clears throat> I've never had a, a premonition about anything, but there was – I, I did on that game. Like, there was no way we were not going to win that game. I, mean, it was, I don't know if it's the way Coach Hall prepared us or what, but it was just it, – it was a feeling that I've never had in my life in a basketball game. And um, sure enough, got the nets, got on the bus, drove the bus right to the Coliseum, and, and the place was packed.
0: Did you ever experience anything the rival, riding that bus, when it crossed the Ohio River, down to Kentucky, and the way the fans were along the interstate were, and the overbridges? They were lined up everywhere. I mean, you know, it's amazing. The uh, you're on the San Diego. Uh, Joe years later says, maybe they enjoyed. The sights too much (laughs) in San Diego in between the two games.
2: But you beat a very good Syracuse team. Very good Syracuse team by 17 in playing against UCLA. And, and, you know, UCLA was ranked number one. Again, we were were two at that time after Indiana got beat. But – and I don't know who was favored. I don't know anything about all that. But – you know, we did, you know, we went to the San Diego Zoo. I know a few of us went to Tijuana. And and uh, so we did have some freedom, but there wasn't anything that w- went on that, you know, would have affected the game. But maybe, you know, when you look back and you think about it, being focused and being ready to play, maybe we weren't. I don't know. But, you know, we got beat by seven points, you know, 92 to 85 uh same same I always tell Dampier, same amount that they got beat by Texas Western. You know, they got beat seventy two to sixty five, but that's seven points kept two national champions away from Kentucky. But um but you know, we, we did we we played well. Kevin had thirty five points, I think a great game. Uh Ralph Drolinger had a big game against our, our, our big guys. Our big guys didn't uh, come to play great. They they did okay. Um, I know Jack and, and James. I mean, they uh, played you know well, but not 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 great. But how,
0: the, how big a effect did Coach Wooden's announcement before the game that this is going to be his last game? You, you know,
2: you, you got to play the game. I mean, granted, it, it's it's a thing that you think that it, we're in San Diego, back in the backyard of UCLA. You know how they're gonna you know lose that game. You don't you don't think that's gonna happen. But I, you, you went out there once the thing the ball was thrown up. I mean the game you had to play the game. Uh, some other variables happen in there when you look at uh, uh, a big big time play that uh, when David Myers ran into Kevin and, uh, and and they called blocking. Wooden comes all the way out on the floor just raising you know cane. They don't call a technical on him. They don't. They, but they. But Kevin ends up. Uh, well, there, there was a technical, but I, I don't know if it was on. But they didn't. Um, I don't know who that if it's on Myers or, or Wooden. But
0: technicals on Myers.
2: Yeah, but they come in. Kevin missed both free throws, and we missed the the, the technicals. We get the ball out of bounds, lose it, and they go down a score. So you got a six, well, an eight point play basically. Six points that we didn't. Four that we didn't get on free throws. Two we didn't. Uh, convert on the on the inbound play and they go down a score, and then we end up losing by seven but that that 's when kind of that turnaround happened and, and you know unfortunately we you know we didn't win, but you know they always say that you know they they were not going to you know kick wooden out of that game or give him a technical or do anything to keep him from losing that game but again, we played the game you got that, that's where that 's where we lost it, it It's kind of like that e f Hutton and what if you could always go do all the what ifs you, you want to in a lot of games but uh you got to play them
0: for you personally and for the other seniors, uh, you, you sort of, you, you were burdened with two things at the same time there. Number one, you just lost the national championship. And number two is a last night mm-hmm. you were ever going to wear the blue and white. Tell me about the locker room.
2: Well, uh, very hurt, you know, disappointed that we let the fans down. Um, because I mean, we 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 felt we were going to win the national championship. I mean, you know, especially after the Indiana game. I mean, you 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 felt confident that you know you, you know you have the opportunity to, but you still you got to perform. But uh, but uh, there there was a lot of tears. It, it's that not being together. You know, where you came in with with a, a mission to win a national championship or two. You were thinking that you were that good. Um, but, you know, again, as we talked earlier, I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into winning a national championship. It's not easy. It takes a lot of luck, a lot of – uh, uh, uh takes skill, too. you got to have good talent, but still you got to ha- have some luck. But it, it was disappointing. And, and when we came back to Lexington, I mean, there was there was a little ton of people at the airport. There was a ton of people of uh, support. Felt that Kentucky's back on the map from a, from a basketball standpoint. Uh, that was that was encouraging. We and we ended up doing some barnstorming tours after that. Uh, the the five of us as uh, seniors and went around the state, played seventeen games, and every place we went, I mean Owensboro, we had seven or six thousand people see, you know, f- filled the whole arena up down there in Owensboro. May have,
0: that may have been up to that time the biggest barn barnstorming tour of any Kentucky team. Well,
2: was the first one had been. That happened in a long, long, long time, and unfortunately, Cliff Hagen, athletic director at the time, he said, "If any of you guys do this, he said, if y'all don't graduate, you know, don't come back to school." He was—they didn't want us to do this, but it was an opportunity for us, and and we did that, and with Marathon Oil at the time. And um, it it was a great, great opportunity to get around the state and see a lot of people and really see the admiration that was out there that had come back to Kentucky basketball, especially after a 13 and 13 year. And and for coach Hall as well. I mean, he was not involved in it naturally, but uh, uh, you know, but he, he, he wasn't against it. And then, as you said, later on, it it materialized into a lot more and and continued on up until coach Patino got here and then it kind of ended. But, you know, the, one of the last games we played was in Frankfurt, at the the old Col- or the the Coliseum. which I guess they just are they tore that down now. Or something? Yes, they tore it okay. down a few. So we played we we our freshman year we played Furman in there for the first game that was ever played there, and uh, Furman had a guy named Professor Leonard, and who um, was seven foot tall. A guy named Clyde Mays, who was six, seven forward, and then Baron Hill, who was uh, uh, from Indiana, played at Seymour. Uh, and uh, we end up beating them. We scored, outscored them. We scored them twenty-two to nothing to start out with. And ended up beating them by sixty points. But that was the first game there. But then we ended up playing five of U of seniors there uh, in our barnstorming tour, and that really kind of rubbed UK the wrong way. The administration for us <laughs> doing that kind of before the dream game. But this is 1975, and they had Wesley Cox, Phil uh, Phil Bond, Junior Bridgman. Alan Murphy
1: and Terry Howard and we end up beating them. We'll have more with Jerry Hale coming up in Episode 62 of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. For more on the Wildcats during Jerry's time, take a listen to Episode 6 with Larry Stamper or Episode 18 with Jim Andrews. Those episodes and more can be found at OscarCombs.com. You can also find episodes of Conversations in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Search for at Wildcat News, subscribe, and download. Oscar is on Twitter. Give him a follow at Wildcat News. I'm Bo Robinson, thanking you for listening to this episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. And as always, Go Big Blue.